The mainstream media is having a complete meltdown over President Biden's meeting with the Saudi crown prince. And the real issue that the media is having is not actually with the meeting with MBS. They're not happy about that. They're not thrilled. But it's the fist bump, the dreaded fist bump that Biden had with MBS. You cannot make this stuff up. The media is livid. How could Biden fist bump the vicious evil monster, the pariah, the man who killed Jamal Khashoggi. But then again, you know, why is Biden doing this? Why is Biden suddenly getting buddy-buddy with the man that he used to bash? Because Biden's desperate for Saudi oil. Biden needs oil. I mean, look, if you need to fist bump the Saudi pariah, the Saudi monster, in order to lower the price of gas and help your legacy, then so be it. You got to fist bump the man, right? So Biden, by the way, you know what's amazing is that Biden, and we'll get to all of this coming up, but Biden, he begs the Saudis for oil. He begs the Venezuelans for oil. Meanwhile, U.S. oil companies are sitting on millions of barrels of oil. Biden refuses to tap into U.S. oil because he would rather make the Saudis rich and he'd rather get his oil from these foreign countries so that he can pander to Ocasio-Cortez and pander to the climate lunatics. All right, more on the Saudi fist bump, fist bump gate. Coming up, we've got lots of news out of Iran. Iran has the materials needed to create a nuclear bomb today. And you know, by the way, the U.N. inspectors no longer have access to Iranian nuclear facilities. Like as of this month, like they're not able to inspect Iran's nuclear facility. But what's the point of inspecting? I love it how everyone talks about the, the surveillance cameras and the nuclear facilities and the U.N. inspectors going in there. We know that they are enriching uranium to an extremely high level of purity. We know they have uranium enriched enough basically to create a nuclear bomb or like one step away. So what do you go and inspect and you like confirm that we've inspected, we've inspected the Iran nuclear facilities. And yet they're telling the truth when they keep telling us that they're ready to create a nuclear bomb. They're not lying. They're, and, and are you going to do anything about it? Uh, what about like all the sanctions? Like, aren't you supposed to punish them? Like, they're co- totally breaching the deal. The deal is a joke. The deal is a punchline. It's a mockery. No, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit around and yell about it and condemn Iran. Meanwhile, another bombshell, the Iranians plotted to assassinate President Trump and Mike Pompeo. So we are going to get to that coming up in retaliation for the killing of Qasem Soleimani. All right, get this. A group of scientists, woke scientists, say that we need to stop classifying. You cannot make this stuff up. We need to stop classifying ancient human remains in terms of their gender and in terms of their race. You cannot classify Ancient remains based on race and gender. There's literally a group of woke scholars, woke scientists. I'm not ki- I wish I were kidding, but I'm not. Who say that the days of classifying human remains based on gender and race are over. Be- why? Well, why, why, why can we no longer classify ancient human remains based on gender? Because we don't know their gender. Uh, this is like J- Judge Katanji Brown Jackson we don't know. How do you know what gender they were? What, based on their physical appearance? What does that have to do with gender? These people are, are total lunatics. This is insanity. This is madness. But this is what some woke scholars are saying, that they say even this ancient, even though this ancient person lived hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, how do we know what what gender they identified as? How, we don't know what gender they thought they were. And they say that the idea of gender binary, the idea of like 
actually having like two choices of gender, physical gender, like that was imposed by Christian colonizers. So if you go back hundreds of years and thousands of years, there's there, there, there are these woke, radical, nutcase scientists who say, well, we have no idea what gender they were. So how dare you classify human remains based on male or female? Now, there's a, and there's another group of scientists who say you can't determine the race. You can't classify ancient human remains based on the race. Like, explain that one. All right, they get to choose their gender. They get to choose their race too. I mean, if I identify as black, then somehow that makes me black. They're saying it's racist to say whether a de- dead ca- caveman was white or black or brown. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like, what if I identify as a, can I identify as a carrot? What happens if I identify as a carrot? Uh, it's just, it's just madness. All right, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney messed with President Trump and now she is suffering. Liz Cheney is trailing in the polls. She's getting demolished in the polls uh, over there in Wyoming, of course, running for re-election to the House, to Congress. And uh, Liz Cheney, she voted to impeach Trump, and now she is paying the price dearly. I mean, if Trump endorses a candidate, even a candidate who's not as unpopular as Liz Cheney, and Liz Cheney, she's, of course, despised by so many you know, Republicans who are who are loyal to Trump and who are just uh, livid that, that, that Liz Cheney actually voted to impeach Trump. I mean, it's disgraceful. So she's getting crushed in the polls. Uh, and, and by the way, it's not just Trump. It's not just the impeachment. She's the poster girl for January 6th. Liz Cheney, she's like the token Republican. Her and one other Republican, they, they have literally crossed the aisle. They are literally teaming up with the evil, vicious Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff. I mean, the lowest form of slime that, you know, that you've ever seen. And like Liz Cheney's like buddy, buddy with them. And she's like the token Republican, the go to who, uh, you know, the own teammate of Trump. Who look at that. You know, even Liz Cheney uh, thinks that January 6th was this terrible insurrection that that, that that tore apart the country. So she she is trailing her Republican challenger by more than 20 points in Wyoming. I mean, look, I guess anything could happen, but I, I don't think Liz Cheney has a shot. This is according to a new poll from the Casper Wyoming Star Tribune. 52% of likely vote primary voters, and, and look, we're talking about, I mean, the primary, you were talking about the primary, we're not talking about the general election, you were talking about Liz Cheney, the primary, against uh, her Republican opponent, who's been endorsed by Trump, of course, Harriet Hageman, and look, Liz Cheney in Wyoming, before all of this, I mean, obviously her father's Dick Cheney, she was like extremely popular in Wyoming until, until she decided to make Trump the enemy, and make like January 6th, like the most important issue around. I mean, you have Biden destroying the country, in a certain sense, destroying the planet. And uh, I mean, like like the country's falling apart. We have like a man in the White House who barely knows what day it is. And like Liz Cheney, like made January 6th into like the most crucial, important issue in, in, in American history, which is which is ridiculous. You know, putting that above like, like she's supposed to be a conservative. I'm sorry, but if she were really a conservative, then there's no way, even if she thinks that January 6th was ugly. And even if she somehow blames Trump, which Trump was not to blame for the breach of the Capitol. I think Pelosi's more to blame than Trump. But even if you believe in all of that, but like it, 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 like it's, it's ancient history, like you've got to move on. Like there, there's like real issues going on, like the country, there are. Huge crises happening, like the the, the the southern border and Iran, of course, which we're going to get to, and the economy, I mean, which is in shambles, and, and, and like you're focused on January 6th. I mean, it's pure political. She can't stand, she can't stand Trump. Anyway, so it's 52% for Trump candidate Harriet Hageman, 30% 
for Cheney. I mean, and that's devastating. Liz Cheney was like Wyoming's like poster child, but that's what happens. You mess with Trump and you lose. Cory Bush, the the squad member, the socialist squad member, Cory Bush, do you know how much she spent on private security while she's sitting there ranting to all of us, lecturing all of us about how she, you got to defund the police? You know that Cory Bush is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on her own private security detail in campaign funds. So she's literally using camp, uh, close to $400,000 used by Cory Bush, the squad member, the socialist. As she's lecturing, it's not like she used to lecture about defund the police and now she you know, spends hundreds of thousands of dollars on her own private security details. So like she kind of got silent and kind of got quiet and dodges the question. Like she's still doing it. She's literally – she's defending – her position to defund the police while she's spending $400,000, nearly $390,000 on her own private security detail, the blatant hypocrisy. And it's not just her. There are multiple members of the squad. All these politicians who want to defund the police, they have their own private security detail. They're t- telling all of us that uh, basically they don't care if we're safe or not. They don't care if uh, the, the the police don't show up because because, because there simply are not enough police because they're so understaffed and because they stop paying their salaries and pensions, that's all okay because they can sleep very peacefully knowing that they're surrounded by these private security firms, private security teams, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth. It's like, I don't care. People get shot. My own constituents get shot. Well, as long as I'm safe. But here's the thing. She was called out on this by CBS. This was originally reported by Fox News that Cory Bush, and it's not just Cory Bush. It's a bunch of these radical Democrats who want to defund the police. And uh, I'm sure de Blasio does the same thing. But uh, and, and he certainly did when he was mayor, while he was while he was cutting like $1.5 million from the NYPD. But Fox News originally reported this, that uh, Cory Bush spent almost $400,000, I think, in just in this past year, $393,000. Yeah, in the 2022 election cycle, Cory Bush spent $393,000. You know how much money that is? But at the same time, you know, you would think at that point she would say, you know, what, maybe I better rethink defund the police or maybe I better better not discuss it. But no, CBS called her out on it and said it asked her point blank. Aren't you a hypocrite for hiring this private security, spending all this money? And yet you, you want all of us to to not have police, secu- you know, to make us safe and to secure our cities. And you know what her response was? Listen to this. This is egregious. She said, quote. They would rather I die. Would you rather that I die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? Because that would be the alternative. How disgraceful. Those were the direct quote of Cory Bush, point blank. Listen, you spent $390,000 on your own private security detail, yet you're telling all of us that we should defund the police and we should not be um, kept safe by police in our cities, in our communities. How do you reconcile that? Well, you don't want me to die, do you? That's the alternative is that I'm going to – well. But that's what you want other people. You want other people to die. You want your constituents to die. You want anyone in these cities where you're defunding the police, the law-abiding citizens, they should die. But you then you get offended like that we're exposing your hypocrisy. And, and, they're, so, and they're in such a – how did she even say that? How did she even it, – it, 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 it's so disgraceful. It's so egregious to like say, you, well, you, you want me to die? Like is that what you're suggesting? Like hello, don't, don't you realize – how despicable, how hypocritical you are. They don't. No, she, they drink their own Kool-Aid. They're like in this bubble. They're surrounded by yes men. And it's just all about their, their ego and all about them. So like they don't even realize 
how how they how they come across. Like, like anybody objective who just looks at her like um, you want to defund the police. So you're OK with little children dying, minority children usually getting shot in the street because we don't have enough police to keep the to keep the streets safe. But like then we talk about your security. Well, you don't want me to be you, you don't want me to get hurt. Right. You don't want me to get shot. Right. Um, and by the way, that number three hundred ninety three thousand dollars, that's based on federal campaign filings, FEC filings. So those are pretty accurate numbers. And, and, and it's AOC. It's Elon Omar. It's Faib. They literally we've reported this. They spent tens of thousands of dollars in campaign funds, no less. But they're telling us that police are the bad guys, defund the police and instead use it to to pay for programs for minority children in the inner city. All right. Back in 2020, we've got some news on the. COVID lab leak theory. Back in 2020, we have new records that show that in 2020, the FBI actually investigated whether there was a link between the Wuhan lab and the COVID-19 pandemic. So the FBI, very early on, this is back in 2020 when the uh, when, when the uh, pandemic first began and these emails have just surfaced thanks to the Freedom of Information Act. I'm sure they tried to get buried, and a lot of these emails are redacted, by the way, because I'm sure the DOJ does not want to publicize this. But the FBI, there have been emails that were obtained, and they're not fully redacted. So the little we know shows that the FBI actually investigated whether there was a link between the Wuhan lab of virology and the COVID-19 virus. And as we've told, we have gone through this so many times. It is so obvious it is so clear that there's a link i mean just just to put it into perspective they blame it on a bat in a market and there are no bats like within hundreds of no bat has ever been found with with the covid-19 virus and uh there there are no bats that have these viruses within hundreds of miles of wuhan and that's not even the point that's not even the point the point is very simple and there's a lot of evidence not rehashing it all now but like to me the most basic and I, I just don't believe in coincidences if you asked a martian if a martian lands from outer space and they don't know anything and you tell them, listen, there's this pandemic that started, this strange coronavirus that's very, very deadly to humans or very harmful to humans, very, tra- very, very contagious, high, highly transmissible. And uh, where did it start? Where's the epicenter? Well, it started in a city called Wuhan. Oh, OK. And there happens to be a lab in China. Now, China's a big country. There happens to be a lab in China where they have like literally thousands of coronaviruses, not to mention the gain-of-function research, but thousands of coronaviruses that are in this lab. Now, we know that for a fact. I mean, uh, U.S. scientists go to this lab and they research coronaviruses there, so it's not a secret. And, well, where did the pandemic break out? Forgetting the fact that uh, scientists working in the Wuhan lab were of the first to complain about, you know, to, to be hospitalized with symptoms resembling COVID. That was back in 2019. But putting that aside, okay, the epicenter of the pandemic was in Wuhan, China, and this lab with thousands of coronaviruses, just like COVID, uh, is happens to be right there in Wuhan, China, somewhere within a few mile radius of where this um, virus began. Well, that's a pretty strange coincidence since it came from some marketplace, right? But anyway, back in 2020, the FBI investigated whether there was a link. These are newly released emails obtained by Judicial Watch through the Freedom of Information Act. The, the, the emails show the FBI investigated, as I said, the link and whether gain-of-function research um, is what created the virus in the first place. Now, as you may recall, even though he tried to deny it under oath testifying before Congress, but the, the, Dr. Fauci um, actually facilitated funding 
Thanks to Dr. Fauci, the U.S. taxpayers, you and I, funded gain-of-function research. We now have proof based on documents that were, again, released through the FOIA Act of Freedom of Information that um, U.S. tax dollars were used um, to fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab and who actually who, who, who granted that money, who actually was the one to decide about the grant of taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan lab. That would be Dr. Fauci. It was through some kind of like third party. But um, Dr. Fauci actually granted millions of dollars in, in, in U.S. taxpayer money to the Wuhan lab to fund gain-of-function research. All right, the government so far this year, fiscal 2022, has collected a record in a record number, a record amount of income taxes. The federal government has brought in more in income taxes this year, 2022, than at any point in history at this point in, in the fiscal year. So we're nine months into the fiscal year 2022. It starts in October. So it like started last October 2021 because that's how fiscal years work. So in the first nine months of fiscal 2022, the U.S. government has brought in a record amount in income taxes. Um, that number is $3.8 trillion, and that's up 15% from the previous record. And, and why is this so significant? So the government has collected a record number. Now, number one, it's significant because the government takes a lot of our money. The government takes millions, trillions, trillions of dollars in our hard-earned money. And with inflation skyrocketing out of control, with the, you know, the price of gas, the price of groceries, the price of so many supplies and products is just – inflation's just – it's at a 40-year high, 9.1% inflation rate. And climbing, thanks to Biden, Dollar Tree is now Dollar 25 Tree. Biden, Biden's legacy will go down forever as the president who turned Dollar Tree into Dollar 25 Tree. And like Uber has what I call – the Biden fee, the Biden surcharge, because Uber charges extra money for gas, and 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 so do Amazon, so so do a bunch of other companies. So so Biden is responsible for creating surcharges that never even existed. The Biden, the Biden uh, tax hike, and the government takes trillions and trillions of dollars of our hard-earned money and then wastes it and then throws it down the drain. I mean, you have all these government pro- wasteful government programs, wasteful government spending. It's insane some of the things that uh, you know the government spends money on. That uh, we simply cannot afford, and and and, the, and 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 despite all the money collects in taxes, we still are thirty trillion dollars in debt, and the government keeps borrowing more trillions of dollars. It's it's insane. It it is absolutely it it, it it it's inexplicable, and it's inexcusable that the government takes in so many trillions of dollars, and it's still not enough, and it still borrows, and uh, and then if you actually give Americans a tax cut, like Trump did. Then the Democrats all complain, well, how are we going to balance the budget? Well, how are we, how are we going to pay off our debt? We, we need to raise taxes or we need to keep taxes where they are. And, 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 of course, we can never give people tax cuts and let them actually hang on to their hard-earned money because the government wants to waste their money. But uh, he, here's what's amazing is remember when the, how the Democrats ranted and raved when Trump, when the, when, when Trump passed the Trump tax cuts – um, right. The Republicans passed the, 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 the Trump tax cuts under Trump. Right. And uh, they lowered the corporate tax weight re- tax rate by a huge amount. But they also lowered the personal income tax rates for for for, for most Americans, uh, pretty much any American who's paying taxes. And uh, the Democrats complained. I mean, the Democrats were opposed. It's unbelievable. Like, why? Why did they not get more grief from that? Why does the media never focus on that? That the Democrats, they're the party of high taxes. They want to raise tax when Trump actually cut taxes. Now he, well, the Democrats say, well, he cut taxes for big corporations 
So many wealthy people benefited from the Trump tax cuts. Look, maybe, but so did so many middle class and low income people. Everybody benefited from the tra- Trump tax cuts, either directly or indirectly, because, I, I, I mean, uh, those, those corporations, the money that they saved, they pumped that back into the economy. They invested that money and they gave that money back to their employees. Employees got got increases in wages, in, in wages, I should say. <laughs> Not, maybe, maybe they used that to wager that that money who knows but uh they got increased wages they got raises they got promotions based on based on that money the trump tax cuts but what's incredible is remember the democrats said they said uh well if trump tax if if the trump tax cuts get passed then um if the trump tax cuts get passed then we're not going to be able to pay off the deficit the deficit is going to balloon out of control and they talked about a raise in de- a rise in deficits. They talk talked about increased national debt. How are we going to pay for all the government programs? And to me, that's no excuse. I just want to point out, by the way, I, I don't subscribe to that. I-, I I can't stand it when people make that argument. Well, you can't cut taxes because look at all the government spending. It's it's circular logic. They say first cut spending and then and then you could cut taxes, but then they refuse to ever cut spending. Even Republicans, nobody other than Rand Paul, nobody's in favor of cutting spending. Even a lot of Republicans, they they're worried that if they cut spending. Then um, they're going to lose elections because their constituents are going to say, well, wh- wh- why don't we get more spending? Why don't we get more government programs? They're worried even Republicans are going to be upset about not ha- not having government programs, Republican voters. So like Rand Paul's the lone voice in the wilderness. But so to me, it's like you cut taxes first and then if you can't afford to spend, well, then cut spending. But it's never going to work the other way. I've heard this so many times. Cut spending, then cut taxes. Never works. OK, that doesn't that doesn't happen. So you've got to p- give people their money back. And if the government can't afford it, then too bad. Government should figure out where to cut all its trillions in wasteful spending. But that's not even the point. The point is that it actually pays for itself because when they cut taxes, income tax revenue goes up, as we have uh, clear evidence from this record amount of taxes every year since the Trump tax cuts, there's actually been an increase. There's actually been a record number pretty much every year of, of uh, income taxes that have been collected by the federal government. Meanwhile, despite this uh, th- this record amount in tax revenue, the government still ran a massive deficit. By the way, if you want to know where most of the government spending is, it's most of it spent on health care and on welfare programs. And Social Security. So like Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security and welfare spending. What's amazing is none of those things are really the federal government's jurisdiction as per the Constitution. I'm not saying the federal government is not allowed to have these programs, but like all these social programs, they came along, you know, after 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 FDR and the New Deal and after, you know, the Democrats and the socialists basically took control uh, of the. Of, uh, of of these government programs and uh, income tax. Income tax w- wasn't constitutional. They had to pass an amendment to allow income tax, but that's not even the point. The point is the federal government, its main responsibility, it shouldn't be involved in education. It should not be involved in health care. None of those things, the, the, the framers of the Constitution did not include any of those things. It doesn't say anywhere in the Constitution that the federal government should be involved in education, in health care, in all these social programs, Social Security, you, you would think that, like, well, that's a large part of what the government spends on. Those programs, they must be somewhere in the Constitution. No, they came along in the 20th century. They came along thanks to FDR and uh, LBJ and these liberals, these Democrats. But um, but, but, but the military, like, like the main purpose of the federal government, there's a lot of things that are the state's jurisdiction. But the federal government, I mean, uh, a lot of what they're supposed to be doing is – 
The military is defending the country, and yet the military is number fourth on the list. Two trillion dollars are spent were spent this year on health and human services and social security. Then the Department of Treasury spent more on interest or about the same amount of money on interest payments. Interest payments. Interest payments. Yes, the the the, the Treasury Department spent five hundred and twenty billion dollars on interest payments so far first nine months of this fiscal year the the military military programs cost 531 billion so you have about the same amount the treasury spent 520 billion on interest payments so the government is spending the same amount on interest payments as it's spending on military programs which is like really the only the only expense that is clearly delineated in the constitution so it, it's just egregious how we're spending trillions of dollars on health care, and it's just, it's money that the government cannot afford and that people cannot afford. All right, this is interesting. The New York Times, a bunch of Democrats and a bunch of leftists are actually upset at the New York Times. They're outraged at the New York Times because they think there's a whole movement on Twitter to cancel subscriptions to the New York Times by Democrats because Democrats think that the Times is too biased against Biden and in favor of Trump. I mean, how incredible is it where you have like things have gotten so bad for Biden that the New York Times, if anything, they're being honest. If anything, they're actually reporting the facts, which I'd be surprised. I bet you they're still slanted to the left. But the Democrats think that the Times, because it's actually sometimes negative about Biden. So somehow the Times has shifted to the right and shifted pro-Trump. The New York Times is anything but pro-Trump. But I, look, I'm sure they're turning on Biden. The media is turning on Biden. The media is turning on Biden big time. And for the very simple two reasons. Number one, because things are so bad. I mean, it's so obviously just uh, horrible, hideous. Biden is 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 such a terrible president. He's so abysmally bad that, like, the media has to admit it because otherwise they just make a mockery of themselves. They just totally discredit themselves. And the other reason is. They're throwing Biden under the bus because they're desperate for anybody but Biden, ABB, anybody but Biden. So, like, they would literally take maybe not Kamala, even Kamala. I don't know. But the the, the media, the Democrats, they are so desperate for any candidate other than Joe Biden. So, meanwhile, let me I'm going to read you some quotes here from Twitter, this movement to cancel subscriptions to The New York Times because they're so biased, quote unquote, biased against Biden. Beauty of this is like that Biden is just so bad that even the New York Times cannot ignore it. That's where it's coming from. Yes, the Times is way slanted against Trump. They still are. They're still most of their stories about Biden are pretty positive, certainly not negative. But Biden's such a liability. So the New York Times, they're just be, they have to be somewhat honest. And the Democrat readers are angry. Democrats basically want to open the newspaper and they want the New York Times to say that gas prices are really two dollars a gallon. Iran is really a peace loving nation not developing a nuke, and that Biden is as lucid as, like, a 30-year-old. Like, that's what they want. Like, they want to live in an alternate reality. They don't want to accept the fact that the country's in shambles and that Biden has no clue what's going on. So let me read you some quotes here from Twitter. Quote, it's gotten to the point where I stopped clicking on the New York Times app. Every time the top story and stories are about ominous things for the left and the Democrats, almost without exception, they spin and sensationalize titles to instill fright and anxiety, warranted or not. So basically, the New York Times, they become fear mongers. The New York Times, they have such negative stories all the time that I can't even read them anymore. That's what this that's what this person is saying. All the New York Times is doing there is they're being honest. Yeah, they have negative like, hello, 
There's a baby formula shortage. There's a baby formula shortage. There are people who are making their own baby formula. There are people who cannot who, who, who cannot find baby formula on, on the store shelves, and their kids are hungry, and, and kids have to be hospitalized for this. No exaggeration. Uh, and that's just like one tiny little blip. I mean, gas prices are out of control. People can't buy new cars. They have to wait for six months on a waiting list to buy certain cars. Uh, who, who's that? The United States of America. I mean, millions of, of, of illegals are coming across the, the, the southern border right now. So, uh, like, and you're upset the New York Times is being negative? Like, they're just reporting the fact. And uh, here's another quote. I truly wonder who's pulling the strings of the New York Times. They have a real GOP Trump slant. And then another one. March 18th, they had an editorial about cancel culture. When people use racism or hide behind religion to marginalize other people, they deserve to get called on it. I canceled my subscription on the spot. So essentially, the New York Times had some kind of op-ed, I guess, where they were bashing cancel culture. And uh, this this one Democrat on Twitter got offended by that because cancel culture is good. Basically, you should take away people's freedom of speech. I mean, that that that's what the Democrats believe is that I if they don't agree with me, then uh, they have a right to just silence me. All right, let's get to Iran. Iran has all the material it needs to create a nuclear bomb. That's according to a new report. And and it's no surprise. We've been telling you about this. They have highly enriched uranium, which basically at the flip, flip of a switch can be enriched, enriched all the way up to 90%, which is what they need in order to develop a bomb. They have long-range missiles to deliver that bomb anywhere. That's thanks to Obama, Biden, and Kerry and the bogus Obama nuclear deal. And here's what Iran says. They say, listen, we're not saying we're going to build the bomb. We, we, we can if we want to. We're, we're able to build the bomb. That's the Iranians talking. And I have no doubt that they're right. I, you know, I take it at face value. I have no reason to doubt them. And listen, they're saying, listen, we may decide not to build the, the nuke because out of the goodness of our heart, that's our decision. And this is 100 percent the fault of Biden and the spineless Europeans and the bogus U.N., you know, the media is actually trying to blame Trump for this. It's like amazing. Trump, he decimated Iran. He crumbled their economy. I mean, Trump did so much damage to Iran combined with the Israelis, the, the, the Israelis who have done these mystery explosions in all these Iranian nuclear facilities. The, Isra- the Israelis have assassinated these Iranian nuclear scientists, these terrorist leaders. And so Trump and Israel, they did everything they could to sabotage Iran, crumble their economy um, and, uh, and, and, and sabotage the nuclear program again and again, probably set it back for years. Meanwhile, Biden, look at Biden. He, while the Iranians are sitting there, um, enriching uranium, breaching the deal in every possible way and, and announcing it publicly and they get no consequences whatsoever. The whole thing's a joke with, with, with the UN inspectors. You are allowed in, you're not allowed in. We're shutting off the cameras so you can't spy on us. Uh, the, the, the Iranians are just laughing all the way to a nuke. They're just making a mockery. Of, of Biden and the U.N. And, 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 and turning the whole thing into a it's a laughing stock. Right. And meanwhile, Biden, he had like 11 rounds of talks. Biden had 11 rounds of talks with the Iranians. They got nowhere. The Iranians keep making more and more demands. And the, the, the Biden people, they, they make zero progress so far. And now did you notice? And, and meanwhile, all, while that's happening, the Iranians are just enriching uranium and uh, they have the centrifuges. They have all the supplies they need, materials they need to develop a nuke. And and the and, and the long range missiles to deliver the nuke. So they have everything they want, and they just keep stalling. And Biden keeps falling for it. And, and you know, and by the way, did you notice Biden on his trip to Israel? He mentioned, like in passing, he said, "Oh yeah, um, you know, we made the Iranians an offer. We're waiting to hear back from them." Well, really, nobody bothered to tell us that. I mean, uh, the, the Biden 
negotiators. They keep saying, we haven't made any progress. We're nowhere near a deal. And then Biden, and I trust Biden, when he says this kind of thing, he's usually like being honest because at this point he doesn't know what to filter out. He doesn't know what he's not supposed to say. So I, I, I think it's very detrimental. So they've been hiding it. But Biden said that uh, he offered Iran a deal. I, I think he might actually be telling the truth. He has these slips from time to time. So she goes on a foreign trip and like he's speaking to reporters off the cuff. And you know what's amazing about this is like, Here's what the Iranians do. Let's say they even sign a nuclear deal. What's going to happen? We're giving them about a trillion dollars in bribes to sign the nuclear deal. They're going to alleviate a lot of the sanctions on Iranian terrorist groups. Basically, it's going to fund Iranian terror. That's what happens is the deal's a joke because, number one, the the Iranians are not going to get rid of whatever they have. They're going to just freeze it. They're going to freeze. They're going to stay right at the point where they are. Or maybe they're going to have to get rid of some of their uranium, sell it off to Russia or who knows what. But – the, the Iranians, they're still going to have the centrifuges. They're still going to have all the raw materials. So they're going to be very close to a nuke. They get their trillion dollars, which goes straight to, to fund terror. As we know, John Kerry said that back in 2015 during the original nuclear deal. They alleviate sanctions so the EU can then go and buy oil from Iran. That makes the Iranians very, very wealthy. And, um, and, and you're basically – the Iranians are leveraging their nuclear um, program – which they're supposed to be for peaceful purposes, by the way. What happened to that? The Iranians, right, they're this close to a nuclear weapon, and they've announced that, but they've been telling us for years that, um, as though anybody believed them, but the, but the AP and the media, they reported as though it's fact. Oh, the Iranians, they just they claim that just for peaceful purposes, their nuclear program. Anyway, so you give them a million dollars, they're leveraging the nuclear program, saying we're going to develop a nuke. You better pay us. Pay, you pay them close to a trillion dollars. You, 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 you alleviate sanctions on the Iranian terror groups. You let the Iranians then sell oil all around the world, get rich, and uh, and then their nuclear program is sort of frozen where anytime they want to resume, they resume, and they're just months away from a nuclear weapon. So the whole thing is just a sham. It's just it's just a way for the Iranians to get away with, with, with committing all these terror attacks because they always have that, that, that looming, dangling nuke that they threaten us with, and uh, we basically bend over backward, give them everything they want, and then you say, well, how can you fund Iranian terror? Well, the nuclear threat is such a big deal that... You know, the Iranian terror, that's bad, but it's not a nuclear threat, so we'll just have to deal with it. I mean, it's it's really, it's insane. All right, so there's a lot of controversy, as I said, surrounding the Biden trip to Saudi Arabia, the pariah, his meeting with MBS. Biden fist bumped MBS. The media is having a meltdown over that. CNN, they say it's all about the oil. There's an op-ed in CNN entitled, quote, Why Joe Biden's fist bump with MBS was such a disaster. You can't make this stuff up. This is what everybody's kind of obsessing over is... The Biden fist bump with MBS. So let me read you uh, the um, an excerpt from this op-ed in CNN. Quote, in defending himself against the seeming contradiction of calling the country a pariah less than two years ago and then granting Saudi leaders exactly what they wanted, an audience with the American president, Biden explained, quote, there are so many issues at stake that I want to make clear that we can continue to lead in the region and not create a vacuum, a vacuum that is filled by China or Russia against the interest of both Israel and the U.S. and many other countries. Um, Well, okay, what Biden did not mention, back to the CNN part, which Biden did not mention is the elephant in the room. Saudi Arabia has oil, lots and lots of it in the U.S. that the U.S. needs. That's always been true, but it's even more true with Biden pledging not to import any oil from Russia due to the invasion of Ukraine. And then uh, the publisher of the Washington Post was heavily critical of the decision by the Biden team calling the fist bump shameful. And he said, quote, it projected a level of intimacy and comfort that delivers to MBS the unwarranted redemption that he has been desperately seeking. Adam Schiff 
was very critical. He said, quote, if we ever needed a visual reminder of the continuing grip oil-rich autocrats have on U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East, we got it today. One fist bump is worth a thousand words. That's a a tweet by Adam Schiff. And not to mention Biden's a hypocrite. And and look, I have no problem with Biden uh, meeting MBS. I have a problem with the fact that Biden is begging the Saudis for oil, and yet he refuses to encourage U.S. Uh, U.S. drilling of oil and and, and, and and American oil companies, he keeps like threatening them, but he made it extremely difficult, virtually impossible for them to make any profit off of oil because he Biden is vehemently against uh, American drilling for oil. And I have a problem with Biden's hypocrisy, criticizing Trump for meeting with MBS, but then he goes and he does the same thing. All right. And finally, Democrat mayors are complaining about illegals overrunning their cities. You, know, you can't make this stuff up. Specifically, the D.C. mayor, Muriel Bowser, she's upset. And this means that the strategy is working. This is all about Texas. Governor Abbott of Texas and Arizona, Governor Ducey, they have been sending buses of illegals to Washington, D.C., saying, listen, we have to deal with this all the time. We're going to send we're going to send you the illegals. You deal with it. So here, these Democrats, they proudly declare that they're sanctuary cities. They invite illegals. You cannot make it. It's unbelievable. So D.C. Mayor uh, Muriel Browser, what happened was she was on Faith the Nation, and host Margaret Brennan brought up that D.C.'s homeless shelters are now being overwhelmed by illegals. So Bowser, she said this is a significant issue, and then she basically tried to – here's her problem. She's stuck because she knows that this is doing devastating things to her city. This is just – I mean uh, just her, her, her city's – shelters and her city in general is being overrun by these illegals and people are furious but she what's she going to do she's she she's the cause of this she's the sanctuary city and, and and biden's policies sanctuary policies border policies or lack thereof directly led to this so how's how's bowser going to possibly complain about this when it's her and, and and the democrats who are at fault right so she's saying well no they're tricking the the Republicans are the ones who are tricking these people to get on buses. This is this is her lame excuse. She says, quote, this is a significant issue. We've called on the federal government to work across state lines to prevent people from being tricked into getting on buses. We think they are asylum seekers who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C., but they're being tricked. She said, I worked with the White House to make sure FEMA provided a grant to a local organization providing services to folks. I fear that they're being tricked into nationwide bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the USA. So... How beautiful is this? Um, this is exactly what Texas and Arizona were hoping for. It was like, hey, you're overrunning us. We, 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 we're, we're sinking. We're drowning because of all these illegals coming across the border thanks to Biden's policies. You know what? We're going to send them to Washington, D.C., who claims they're a sanctuary city and wants it anyway. So Muriel Bowser, the Washington mayor, she's in a, she's in a, a, a real bind here because, hello, you've been begging for droves of illegal hordes of illegals to come to your city. We're a sanctuary. Come to us. And now they actually are coming and we're taking you up on it because Texas says, why should they be in our state? We don't want them. And you're you're desperate for these illegals. Well, they come and, and Bowser says, well, this is a real problem. Well, I know they're being tricked. They're being put on buses and told that they're going somewhere else. And by the way, it turns out that they actually have to sign a paper. I don't know if these illegals know what they're signing, but they actually have to sign a paper saying that they want to go to Washington, D.C. before they get on the, the, these buses. But that's not even the point. That's not the point. I mean, there's no evidence that they're being tricked. And who cares? Like, you should be happy. You should be thrilled. This is exactly what you wanted. You're proud of the fact that you're a sanctuary city. Yeah, they're proud of it. As long as the illegals are are, are coming in droves over the 
border with Texas and Arizona, and, and they're being dispersed around the country, then Bowser's happy. Mayor Bowser is happy, uh, gladly calling herself Sanctuary City and inviting illegals. But when they actually put them on buses and send them to her city and take her up on her magnanimous offer, suddenly she says, you know what? This is a big crisis. I think they're being tricked. They don't really want to come to Washington, D.C. after all. What do you care? You've been desperate for them. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.